Hi, my name is Natalie Orofuchi, and I'm delighted to welcome you to listen along to the Women in Scripture podcast. This podcast has been inspired by the God Who Speaks campaign, and it is to highlight the lots and lots of women in the Bible who God has put there for a reason and a purpose, who still speak to women today. I will be inviting lots of different women to come and speak about the women in the Bible who inspire them and who speak to their hearts today. I'm absolutely delighted to have as my first guest, Anne Smith. So Anne, could you just say a couple of words about yourself, please? All right. I'm Anne Smith. I've been widowed for 25 years. I've got four children. I've spent some time in my youth working for um, a Christian organisation called the Young Christian Workers, and I trained as a teacher. I'm now retired officially, but I seem to be busier than ever, involved in all sorts of things, including my very first podcast of my life. Well, I'm very excited to to have you, Anne, and uh, you were chosen for a reason, because I know that you'll have lots of wonderful things to say to us. So who have you chosen from the Bible to speak to us about? I've chosen Ruth. There were lots of people I, I could have chosen, but I've chosen Ruth. And actually, when I thought about it, as we got nearer to doing this podcast, I thought, I can't really just choose Ruth because her story is so inter- intertwined with that of Naomi. But anyway, I've chosen Ruth and, and I'm sure it'll unfold how they, their stories are so linked together and how important they are. And the other thing was, it just made me think how relevant, even though the, these stories come from thousands of years ago the messages they send out are just so relevant for today for our for women today yes it is actually quite astounding when you read the bible and you could see yourself in those circumstances or your friends or people around you and that world doesn't seem so distant and so past does it so why Ruth what's so attractive about the story of Ruth to you um I think the the endurance of what she went through and and also with Naomi, um, her loyalty, her obedience, her tenacity that she never gave up and that she was willing to do whatever it took, particularly as the story went went on when she she said, I'll go and glean in the fields so that they would have some food. She was willing to do anything that could keep them alive and she didn't feel it was demeaning or anything. She just went along with it. And it just made me think about the hardships so many women have to go through, and men too. But in this case, it's the story of women, two women particularly, whose lives were just enmeshed together by circumstances. Is it worthwhile actually going through the story of Ruth and Naomi? Yes, absolutely. Yes, because I'm sure well that there'll be people listening who may not have read Ruth, or and, and we very much hope that you will go on to read the story of Ruth because it's so wonderful. But yes, it's important to put it in into context. And first of all, I'd just like to say that I only came across this story about well, certainly in the last 20 years, could be 10 years ago, I can't remember. And I'd gone to, I think it was a morning mass. But I remember hearing, uh, for once, I must have heard this story before at church, but for once, I actually listened to this story. And for some reason, that particular day, it really struck me. And of course, it was only a little bit that was read out. And I actually came back home and got my Bible out and read the story of Ruth. And what really struck me was what an amazing thing, these two women, what a, a story they had to tell. 
And it starts, obviously, with Naomi, because um, Naomi was married to Elimelech. I'm not sure if his pronunciation, that was her husband. And they lived in Bethlehem in Judea, or on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And they had land, uh, but it was a time of famine. And they were married, and I presume that it mentions later on in the story they had two sons um i presume the sons were alive then and they obviously decided and again this brought it back to what's happening today that they had no option they felt but to flee if they were going to survive themselves and probably for the sake of their children they actually fled from that area to find somewhere else and it was an area called Moab that they went to where they'd heard there was there was food available and they settled there and both of the sons married one to Orpah and one to Ruth and then tragically Naomi's husband died and both the sons died so Naomi was a widow and both Orpah and Ruth were widows and again that struck me particularly at that time and until really well into the 20th century widows even in in England were left high and dry quite often they had no economic clout in society I even remember after my own husband died 25 years ago I was trying to get some windows replaced in the house and the person I was speaking to said I need to speak to your husband and I explained that he died and they said well we can't deal with a woman now this was in the 1990s so I mean going back to Ruth and Naomi they had no status in society they'd have been so vulnerable but they clung together the three of them at that stage the mother-in-law and the two daughters-in-law and then eventually um, Naomi heard on the grapevine that actually things were much better back in Judah in Bethlehem and she decided it was time that she went back and she said please stay here to Orpah and Ruth you have family here you're from a different tribe anyway you'd be foreigner and a stranger if you came back with me I want you to to stay with your families I'll be all right I'll go back there are people I know there Orpah eventually decided she would go back to her family but Naomi clung on to her uh, to uh, Ruth, rather, clung on to Naomi. And could I just read the little bit that is in the Bible about what she says? Because I think it's so beautiful. She says, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Wherever you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May Yahweh do this thing to me. And more also, even if death should come between us. And so Naomi agrees to let Ruth travel with her. And they do indeed get back to Bethlehem. And then unusually, it seems to me that Ruth decided she would go off into the fields. It was the time of harvest. And um, she goes off to glean. And I remember reading 19th century novels like Thomas Hardy um, and Mary Webb and learned about gleaning. And then I remembered in the Bible, in the Old Testament, they talk about the fields were always left with a strip of land at the side so that the poor could go and gather whatever bits of the the harvest were still left there that hadn't been gathered up and certainly in England before the stubble was all burnt as well so gleaners seem to me to have been around for forever in in um, history so Ruth went off and she gleaned in the fields and Boaz came along it was his field that he was um, a relative of Naomi and her husband's and he saw Ruth and asked her who she was and talked to his men 
who were out in the fields and he said, treat her respectfully. And again, that seemed to have so many resonances for things that have happened over the last week or two to me. I'll go into it afterwards. And then Boas invited Ruth to, um, to share a meal with him. And again, when rereading this for the podcast, I thought, goodness, the symbolism of this. He handed bread to her and said, dip it in the wine. And that immediately made me think about the Last Supper as well and that symbolism. And then the, the interesting thing that I'm sure lots of things could be read into this is that when she went home with, with the uh, the gleanings that she'd managed to get down to grain, she made them into grain and they got food when she went home to Naomi. Naomi tells her to go back and lie where the threshing had been done of the grain and to lie at the feet of Boaz, which when you think about it would have been unheard of. The only people who would do things like that to proposition a man were the prostitutes. But she did go and do that. I mean, with were these two wily women? I don't know. But Boaz was woke up and was very struck that she was there and she was explaining how grateful she was to him. And then he talks to the, the legal people about this. And um and he's well to cut the story short, uh, she's able to marry him. And he's he's very touched that she didn't go for one of the young, attractive men out, swarthy men out in the fields, but had chosen him. So they marry and they have a son. And it's like the happily ever after story, because that son, Obed, is actually the grandfather of David. And so the whole genealogical tree through the Jewish nation seems to be being fulfilled through all of this story. Anyway, that, that's my story of, of Ruth. And I just think it's amazing. Oh, it, for all sorts. It, is, it is amazing. And thank you for that fantastic summary of the story <laughs> of Ruth. And I love the, the loyalty of Ruth to stay with the mother-in-law her faithfulness and love and trust in, in, in doing what the mother-in-law asks I think has a lot to teach us today I like the way you said at the beginning yes we talk about Ruth but it's impossible to talk about Ruth without speaking about Naomi because they're constantly t- inter- intertwined in the story and yes. their wonderful relationship often we hear you know the horrors of you know it's a it's a joke isn't it the mother-in-law there's lots of mother-in-law jokes but here there are Ruth has such great love and respect for her mother-in-law it's such great care for this older woman who she she in turn now begins to look after and I know that Pope Francis speaks to us about the value of the elderly and the value of the caring for old people and the fact that people aren't disposable so have you got anything more to say about what do you think about the, this relationship between the mother-in-law and daughter-in-law yeah, to me it's I, I didn't know these people but to me it reads as though it was an example of true love mm. they'd endured so much that for Naomi the death of her husband and both her sons and she was left there and for Ruth to lose her husband such tragedies really and you would wonder how you could carry on in life but there's such true love between them that relationship that they have has kept them going and also their belief in God as well they yeah. well Naomi says at one point she feels that God has abandoned her but they 
they still have their belief in God, that there's a reason for this. And so they cling to each other. But I think it's it's not out of desperation, it's out of true love. And true love is hard. It, it isn't all just lovey-dovey. It's getting through the hard, hard challenges of life and supporting one another. And I think women do need to support one another. Well, it's a great story of the true meaning of love, which is so much more than an emotion, because emotions yeah. come and go. We can all sway through different emotions throughout any single day but emotion is well that willing the good of the other and throughout it they both do will the good of one another because Naomi encourages Ruth to go and have an easier life without her and it must have been really difficult to lose her the thought of losing her daughter-in-laws after the losses she'd already suffered yeah and Ruth just shows great love and commitment and lo- and loyalty to her and obedience as well obedience to yeah. what her mother and because when she says to, you know to go and lay in front of a man well that would be really really difficult and challenging just to go and do that and she was so brave yeah to go and do it and I, I do wonder about that okay we could laugh about that and poke fun at it but on a more serious level I do wonder if this was Naomi thinking about she was getting older Ruth was still a young woman and I think I like to think she was thinking about her best interests mm-hmm. and that Boaz was a good man as soon as he realized who Ruth was he'd heard it says in the story how good Ruth had been to her mother-in-law who protected her looked after her loved her and I think he was hugely impressed by that and he does seem to be a genuinely good man so I like to think that Naomi was thinking that this was a way of securing Ruth's future when she might not be around anymore and also we know at the time that it well it's difficult in our own day and age Mm. if somebody comes in from a different country is a stranger an asylum seeker or a refugee they're not always accepted and Ruth was in that position she was not from Judah not from Bethlehem so maybe that's what turned it wasn't just a wily old woman and she she must have thought about this long and hard and fortunately or God's will that Boaz saw it in such a good light as well and wanted to protect Naomi well wanted to protect Naomi but also protect the future and could see his future with Ruth and then they were blessed with a son Ruth certainly must have been attractive in the in the the manner she comes across when you when you read the book of Ruth I did I I was really struck by the fact that she never complains she's having such a terrible time and has to travel to be with Peter to be with complete strangers and will she be accepted but she praises God throughout it and yeah. doesn't moan which would be so easy to do and she's so hard-working she yeah. you know she's these women they don't wait to be saved by a man they don't wait for Boaz to come and save them Ruth is stepping out and being hard-working and caring and um, brave in this in this new culture and she she's accepted because the goodness in her can be seen I think by the people around her yeah. she doesn't come up against too much trouble after all the tragedies she's had yeah and I like Boaz too because it seems to me that he really is a God-fearing person he's a just employer it seems to me he he blesses God at the beginning he says Yahweh be with you to all his employees in the fields and they all all 
reply, Yahweh bless you. And then he gives them very strict instructions to, to look after Ruth, not to exploit her in any way, either to make beat her or make her work hard or possibly even uh, sexually exploit her or whatever, and to make sure she's looked after. So he seems to be such a good man in all of this. I know we're talking about Ruth and, and Naomi, but there seems to be a lot of goodness around all of this story as well. Yes, and he continues to occur for Naomi too. It's not just Ruth, yeah. because it goes on yeah. to say when, when they do have their child, Naomi yeah. is very much seen as the grandmother to Ruth's child, Ruth and Boaz's child. She's yeah. very much still with Ruth throughout that and Boaz. So Boaz does yeah. seem to be a great man. They don't say, oh, well, Ruth's sorted now and Naomi will have to get on with it. That She still remains with that family and becomes grandmother. It's, you know, yeah. that she's spoken of in the community as the grandmother yeah. to, to that child. And that must have been a great comfort yeah. to Naomi, who had lost so yeah. much. She'd lost her yeah. her children, her husband. So to see her coming out with a grandchild must be must have been so joyful for her. To, yeah. A, yeah. A, a, a lovely, happy ending. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can see it as, you know, a, a fairy story, but it, it, there's so much more to it. And it's the yeah. strength of these women, this inner strength of these women that attracted me to it as well. I thought it was amazing. Oh, they were strong and not afraid to travel and survive. They went out, they trusted in God. And, and you could imagine that if they wouldn't have found work and employment where they ended up, they would have continued. They were resilient. Yes, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, coming back to today's society, um, the thing that really struck me when I was rereading about how Boas treated um, Naomi when she was in the fields working and his instructions to his employees how to treat her. And I know this could be a bit far-fetched, but what really struck me was what's been happening in our society and about this terrible death of the young woman, Sarah Everard, and the number of women that have come, and men who've come out and said we should be able to walk in our streets and roads in the evening without being molested. And I thought, goodness, all those thousands of years ago, there was a good man there who was protecting the female, in this case, Ruth, and giving really strict instructions about how to behave towards women. And it just seemed, I know I might be, you know, drawing too many fanciful ideas out of this, but it, I think it because it's all been in the news and because I was reading about Ruth, it just made me think about this. And we need to have respect for each other as human beings, as well as, in this case, for women. And it's, it's just so necessary in society now. And, and for the stranger as well. There are lots of lessons. Yes, no, it certainly does. Um, it's great the way you've drawn out why this is so relevant today. As I began the podcast, I said about how I really wanted to draw out why these women can still speak to us today, and they can do. It's, it's amazing to to go back to the, to that story, and you wouldn't be surprised if if we read that something like this had happened today. Maybe not here yeah. in 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 our particular culture because we're we're living in a city, but in the countryside somewhere, we wouldn't be alarmed or thinking. Too too strange that something like that happened today. And yes, the beauty of treating each other with dignity and respect. That that message is eternal, isn't it? To treat yeah. each other with respect and to care, and not about not abandon people or things. And I love the way you drew out the respect of your employees and the the conditions in which people work. And I think at one point I remember it said, it, um, Ruth, is it even when she when she was working? I I, I have 
haven't got the quote in front of me, but she was told to go and have a drink of water. So she was yes. obviously out in the heat and she was working really hard. But there was care there that, you know, yes, yes, do work hard, but ensure that you have a drink and that you that you're taken care of. And that speaks so much to us yeah. in the world. We we are always talking about the conditions that people work in and whether they're being exploited or not. So it's just amazing to see that such attention was being taken to care for people at Alfields. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very, very much, Anne, for joining me for the very first episode of my Women in the Bible podcast. I really hope that people have enjoyed it. I have certainly enjoyed speaking to Anne about the Book of Ruth, which has just been uh, really interesting. And there are so many elements and things that we can draw on from the Book of Ruth. So if you have listened today, I would really, really encourage you to get your Bible out, to sit down and read the Book of Ruth. It's not too long, actually. You could probably read it in one sitting and see what you find in that story and whether you agree with some of the things that Anna and I have said. So thank you very, very much for listening. And I hope you will join us for the next episode of Women in the Bible. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you very much for listening to the Women in Scripture podcast with me, Nasley Orofici. If you would like to have some extra reading and resources, then go to the Archdiocese of Birmingham website and look at the Women in Scripture podcast page. To enjoy hearing more of the Women in Scripture podcast, then please do subscribe to the podcast on either Spotify, iTunes or SoundCloud. I hope you can join us next time. Thank you.